Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. You've perfected that now, haven't you? I have. Good evening. Evening. Ah, what a week. I know. The weather's been atrocious, hasn't it? Mm, Storm. Eunice, was it? And Franklin. Mm. And then there's another one. Was that not the same storm? I don't get it. No, different ones. And there's another one this week called Gladys. But then people have complained that they're naming uh, storms after men and women and stuff. That That's not how they might want to be identified. (laughs) Why don't they call it Storm Melbourne? Melbourne Storm. That's a good idea. And and it's gender neutral. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. That's good, that. Only good Storm thing is, of storms. Only good thing is, is that in the storms, that bloke opposite work, yeah, um, had his fence panels blown down, <laughs> and he hates us, doesn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. really does. So that that was, don't know why. No, I don't know why either. But that was that was that was funny. That was funny. Apart from that, the only other thing this week, I believe you've been watching tennis, haven't you? You've been watching Alexander Zverev, haven't you? This week. No. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to know why? Why? Well, I saw this. I don't mean, it, it, where, where is it? At? Where is it? Uh, Guadalajara this week. It's Mexico, right. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And um, I think it was 10 past 4 uh, a.m. this morning. Is that local time or our time? That was lo- like local time. Gu- Guadalajara. Right. It was 10 past 4 in Guadalajara. And Zverev and I think it was Bashadiv. Basha Deville, or whatever he's called. Oh, Nicholas uh, Bashadashvili. Yeah. Um, uh, they'd only just finished the second set. <laughs> ten past four. <laughs> ten past four. Who's, who's organising that tournament? <laughs> I don't know. They, they must be drinking, like, tequila in the first set or something. You know, like, by the time the end of the second like, set comes, they can't they can't see straight. Yeah, they started at nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But... Uh, anyway, more importantly than uh, tennis in Guadalajara is Super League Round 2. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Well, that's a good question. There was some uh, good games, I think. Yeah, so we start in order? The scores don't really look like it, but... Um... I know what you mean, and some of the conditions that the teams played in were appalling this weekend as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Wind and rain, Salford especially on the Sunday. Oh, was... that was the worst of the lot, wasn't it? Yeah. I watched the Super League show and Tanya Arnold was getting absolutely just, just blown about all over the place. <laughs> um, Shall we start on Thursday then? Uh, Wigan 34, Leeds 12. Yeah, Um Wigan looking really good again. Leeds, um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Leeds at the minute because I thought they were they really impressed me and I thought they were really unlucky to lose that first round against um, Warrington. And I know mm. they've got a couple of bodies out as well for this, or had a couple of bodies out for this game, but just sort of didn't help themselves or... No. Well, they had, I thought they'd give Wigan a lot of points. Well, they had Bentley serving his... First gate, first ban of the season. Mm. I say first; it won't be his only one. <laughs> um, I think Fusha Tua was out as well. One, mm. I think the really on the night in the end, the only shining light for Leeds was that uh, young Tindall on the wing. 
Yay. who impressed quite a few fans, I think. He did, and particularly when he tried to take people on the outside and things like that. Yeah, I think you've got to pick and choose who you take on the outside, because you're trying to hit Jai Field on the outside. You're not really going to win that one, are you? No, talking of Field, he was the star man, wasn't he? Hat trick, didn't he? Um, uh, now, I've got to pick up, right, we'll speak to Bry from Six again in the Prediction League later on, but um, the overreaction tweet of the week came from him. Now, I, I appreciate when you put about 3,000 tweets a week out <laughs> that that might be difficult. But he did say that, that Jay Field, remind, that performance reminded him of Ben Barber at his peak. And now, now just think of those words, <laughs> at his peak. Yeah, I'm not sure at that. No, I, do you think that's a, I think that's a bit of recency bias? Yeah. <laughs> But he did play well. Oh, yeah, he's played well, and he's had a great start to the season after a disappointing 2021. Um, But a lot of his... I mean, really, and I know it's easier said than done, probably, but if you stop Wigan offloading to him, how effective can he be? Well, his second try was a perfect example of that, where he broke the line and weaved in and out and went and rounded the full-back. Yeah. And that was really good vision. Was that the that one was... from the kickoff? Or was uh, that no? I think it was no. No. Well, the the, the other one. one from this, the was, this was from was... midfield, right? Yes, I know which one you mean. Was that his first? Was... was it his first or his second? Anyway, whichever one it was, I know which one you mean. But then they scored, didn't they? Like directly from the kickoff in the second half, and that yeah. Margo or Mago offloaded it, and he went the length of the field. But if you stop the offload and stop getting getting him broken. Field, yeah, at a broken, you know, defensive line. Um, how much? Yeah, it was his. But well, that's his try. game, I suppose. You know, that that's part of his game and part of their game. And with pace, get you on could the end say of that about anybody, I suppose. You could say that, for instance, about people like perhaps like Danny Maguire and things like that that were yeah. always on the end of things. Yeah, and had pace. Um, yeah, because you could just say, "Well, stop, stop, and breaking the line," and it's not as easy. He's not going to get it? in, is he? He's like, but no. The, that was his second try that I was talking about because the first try came from ah. some sort of escape to victory. Osvaldo <laughs> Ardiles flick off Jake Bibby, wasn't it? Yeah, where he where he knocked on, healed it over his head, and then back healed it over his head. Like it needed put in slow motion, like escape to victory. <laughs> Should that be allowed? Because as he meant to kick that, I can't remember off the top of my head whether he was meant to kick that or not. But no, if he, he hasn't. hasn't. No, it's hit his arm. And he's falling over, mm. and as he's falling over, he's back heeled it over his head. So should that be and a knock uh, on though? Uh, well, technically, it's not, is it? Because no, I, the ball I understand band, that. I understand but, that. But he's lost complete control, and it's a yeah. He weren't even expecting it come off his arm, didn't it? That's right. He weren't even trying to catch it and because he was then falling over. He he idealized it over, didn't he? Yeah. But mm, no, we're looking um, pretty good, really. Uh, yes. Are you worried about Leeds? No, I don't think so. I think once they get a couple of bodies back, Bentley's back, um, and another, well, three now, but uh, if they get Newman back, Fusa 2 are back. Um, they'll look all right. Yeah, they'll, and they looked, and, and, and Blake Austin had a decent game he as did. well. On our, on our game changers list. Yeah, so, 
Um, yeah, no, I think I, I think I'm not worried about them. It's not the start I think they were expecting, and, and definitely not the start that they were wanting. But well, nobody wants to lose two out of two, do they? Because no, straight away then they put doubts in people's minds. Then don't you straight away? Mm, but yeah, it, I'm not worried about them. But um, no, I, I think they'll come good. Um, at the other end of the table, um, on Saturday the Channel Four game, Hull six. St. Helens 38 and Saints, well, just continue to be the benchmark, I think, don't they? I think so. Just rampant, weren't they? And not only do they put 30, 40 points on people most week, you're lucky if you get two tries against them. Said before, they love defending. Yeah. Um, I suppose the, I suppose the, the one thing for this game, as a, and indeed with the first game, that um, they haven't finished a game against 13 men yet. No, true. Um, what did you make of the Luke Gale red card? I thought it was a red. I, I to be honest, I've never ever seen that in rugby league before. Most players that make an attempt to charge down mm. are either really close so they can make a proper charge down. Yeah. Or it's like some sort of pretend just like a token effort, isn't it? Where yeah, I'll, they're usually I, just know. trying to make themselves as big as they can, can't they? Not going in with the studs up like that. I haven't got an you're, issue. You're trying to make them kick a certain way, yeah, by coming in at a certain angle. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't got an issue with the red card, and we'll talk about it a little bit more because we've got a, a, a thing coming up on the uh, disciplinary, haven't we? We have coming up. Um, but, you know, he's looking at eight games for two separate incidents. It's not an eight-game ban, is it? Red card, have a week or two, but not eight. Because then he's tried, what he's done, he's tried to pick him up, mm. hasn't he? Which he's in more trouble for. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of, I've seen a lot of people online saying that Lomax has been, uh, was was play acting and, and, you know. I don't think he was. I don't think so. I think if you've ever copped a stud in the shin like as he's kicking through, it's... You know it hurts. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, there was a bit of a wound there, but um, the, the Connor Wynn won the Simbin in for the uh, spear tackle on well, uh, Jack Wellsby was a bit of an odd one for me. Well, you just talked about milking it. Yeah. With Johnny Lomax. What about Jack Wellsby? It's hard to say, isn't it? Because, I mean, I've been dumped on my head a couple of times when I've been playing, and it does hurt. But you never quite know how somebody's landed, do you? I think you were dumped on your head when you were a baby, I think. Yeah. To look, look at the way you are. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You to blame. Go on, so um, carry on. Um, you know, I think... Um, I think that... Was he play-acting? Possibly... Well, but it's not the first time we've seen it. The report says as much. Yeah, because he's not got any bans for it, has he? No, the player has helped. It said, didn't it? The player has—he's uh, lifted his leg, and the, the the defender has helped put him put himself in that position. But the video re- ref gave that decision. Yeah. So what's going on there? How's uh, he come to that decision? I thought at a push, a big push, it was a penalty. But not a but yellow card. Not a yellow card. I'm not even convinced it was a penalty, to be honest. Uh but with the play acting, it is creeping into the game, I think. But this isn't this isn't something new. This is you know everybody slagging off Wellsby and Lomax as if it's the first time it's happened. Well, 
I think you take the low max one out of it because I don't think he's play actors anyway. No, but when people are at, saying it. I just think that's ridiculous. I no, that's I, a ridiculous I agree. Viewpoint to be quite honest, from from where I'm sat. I I agree. Uh, uh, the Wells with one maybe is different, and you think, well, actually, but, but learn, I'm, learn. You, what is he? Twenty. Yeah. Nineteen. Twenty. What yeah, is he? 20. Learn off it. Don't start doing that. No, but you only have to look at when somebody has a, a crusher tackle on them. And it's not given, and all they do is stay down, and then all of a sudden they've got a penalty. They set up rubbing you're the gonna neck. You're going to do that. They set up rubbing the yeah. neck, and then it's looked at then. Yeah, and you're going to do that. If you're going to get a penalty, you're going to do it. I think you're right, and I think it creeps in too much in the game overall now with all with all different things. And then also what you get then on social media, you get them people putting stills in. Yeah. Don't show the thing in, in real motion or... um. Or, or people will point point to a certain player or whatever it may be. Um, but I think it is creeping in and it needs to be kicked out yeah. pretty sharpish, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Powell Bowl was on there. Before we go on to the Powell Bowl, can I just make a point about the Saints game? Channel 4, there's been a brilliant couple of weeks yes. coverage-wise for Channel 4. But yet now there's no game on now until about a month away. I know it's on Channel Four, which is I odd. didn't realize I, that. No, I didn't actually. You think it's here to stay because but, you've had a taste yeah. of it for the first. Couple but again, of weeks. that I think averaged over half a million, and I think peaked at around six hundred or something. Did. And maybe, maybe it's food for thought in future years down the line. Maybe they didn't want to fully commit to one every week, or they couldn't. Yeah, because Sky hold the purse strings. Yeah, or they didn't want to take that big of a risk. So it just seems a shame to me now that the next game is somewhere in the middle of March. No, I know, and, and but... you lose the momentum off it. You know, if we didn't do a, if we during the season, if we didn't do a podcast for six weeks, mm. you know, people would be like, "What's going on? Yeah. Where are you? Where's Andy? Mm. Would there? <laughs> would there?" No, seriously, would they? Uh, yeah. I don't think they would. They wouldn't. <laughs> no. Would you be doing your own? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Secret podcast. Yeah. Mm, okay. The second row podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, pa- the, the Powell Bowl. Let's talk about that then. As you so aptly framed it. Yep, the Powell Bowl. Um, Only one place to start there. Well, it stole the show, didn't it? Wizzy Rascal. Yeah. And Amazing. we kick off. Nah, mate. <laughs> you need to turn round. Yeah. Nah, mate. I'm coming back again. <laughs> Can I have the ball? Nah, nah mate. mate. <laughs> Did, they, didn't Wolfie nick it off him in the end? I think somewhere? so, yeah. Just wouldn't give it up, would she? No. <laughs> uh, but I have to do that again. <laughs> Once the game kicked off, though, it was... Uh, one-way traffic, really, for 80 minutes. To be honest, it, it peaked, didn't it, before the kickoff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was only 12-0 at half-time. But Cass's discipline is awful. Yeah. I asked you before, were you worried about Leeds? Now, judging where people were saying that Cass were going to finish, which was... Myself what, included, I fifth, think. Fifth, yeah. sixth type yeah. of thing? Yeah. Do you still think that now, at two games in? No. No. It can still happen, obviously, but... It's not the end of the world, don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, 
No, but there's other teams that have lost the two way, games. The and... way that they've played those two games worries me. The dis- I mean, the lack of di- ill discipline just sort of seems to be a trait of a Lee Radford team. I think because I don't yeah. think Hull were very well disciplined when he was in charge. They, they, they need to turn around quick, um, and they could they could probably do that. They've got a tough game this week against Ul KR, but. It's definitely winnable because, again, OKR haven't had a very good start. Does it turn into must-win for those two teams? And I'm not Poss- talking relegation here. No, more playoffs. Yeah. Mm, possibly. And momentum building. The thing is, if if them if these teams like OKR and Castleford want to be in the playoffs, they're going to have to beat the teams around them. Yeah, so these are the games that they've got to yeah. win. Yeah. So. I think if... Cast lose and they go three out of three. We'll definitely be looking to uh, Alison and Cast stats. I think to uh, give us the lowdown on what's uh, going wrong, won't we? Yeah, I think so. In the next week or two, I think we'll have to. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like you said, there's not a lot else to say about that game, really, is there? No. Well, speaking, you know, talking of Ulkayan, they're they're going on the same route as Cast and big expectations on them, and they find themselves with two losses to open the season with. Now, to me, that's not a massive surprise. No. Because I thought that they'd overachieved the last season mm-hmm. and didn't think that they would... You, I've said this before and I've said it to you. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't think that they'll do what they did last season. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's not a massive surprise. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it is to me. And Coot was out injured as well, wasn't he, from a new signing? Yeah, and uh, you know, I said before the season start, I was worried about him slowing down and stuff. You could sort of see it creeping in with him. He did getting more injuries and stuff. He now. did look slower in the first game of the season. Yeah, which you know might just be cobwebs, and I think exactly, he had yeah. surgery in the off season as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know what you're saying. They've got a real live wire, though, haven't they, in Mikey Lewis? I mean, yeah, you mentioned it last season at some point, and this, you know, the future of England rugby league or English or British rugby league. Yeah, and we talk about the Knights team and things yeah, like that. And, yeah, and you know, you're looking at Mikey Lewis and how good he was, and Lewis Dodd, how good he was for Saints, and how mm. he's like 19 and leading Saints, leading the three times champions around. Mm. So the the future's quite bright in. In that respect, um, yeah, people like Jack Walker at Leeds, that sort of thing, yeah, and, and you know, Huddersfield, as you know, is this more of an Ian Watson side? Um, well, you know, I'm sure we'll ask Nathaniel about that, but they've started off really well, they've, they're the opposite to Ulkar, aren't they? And, yeah, um, really sort of lit it up the first two rounds, and it, it's whatever I think this is what everybody was expecting last year from them. There's a well, there's a couple of teams now, isn't there, with half back and these are one of them with new half back partnerships. Yeah. That have had a really good start. Yeah. And Huddersfield are one of them with um uh with bringing Farge in. Mm. And then as as you, you said before, didn't you? They've got Will Price to come back in. Yeah. Which will allow Lola here to go to six. To go to six. And he's had he's had seven Lola here, he's had seven assists in the first two games. Incredible. Incredible. That's amazing, really. Yeah. Um, so we just went 
we, we were just talking about Mikey Lewis then. What, but, you know, he's got to learn, hasn't he? What are you doing picking a fight with Chris Hill? <laughs> what are you doing? You're seven stone wet through. Yeah. And you, you, you've just scored a try, and then you thought, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll pick on him. It wouldn't have happened in days gone by that, would it? Because he'd been absolutely flattened, wouldn't he? Not at all. <laughs> he'd have just run off, wouldn't he? Mm. <laughs> wouldn't he won't be happened. doing that. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, uh, but um, the other thing about uh, about the Huddersfield game was, as you said, I think it's, it's important to to think about how long it's taken Ian Watson to perhaps put his stamp on that mm. on that side. Yeah, and maybe this season, maybe we'll see that. And, and it's a question that we'll pose to Nathaniel later in the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, another team exceeding expectations at the minute, Salford. Because I don't think anybody expected them to... Well, nobody expected them to win the first game, that's for sure. No. But the the fashion that they've done it in... Brilliant. Uh, yeah, really good. Great uh, to see. And and I think Paul Rowley has a lot to do with that. Yeah. I think he's a really good coach and I really rate him. And, you know, he's talking about sort of rebuilding that Salford DNA and it, it's working for them at the minute. I mean, I remember the great Salford teams of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And these, you know, these are playing in a similar style. I mean, that team they had like they had people like Steve Rule, Mike Coolman, uh, David Watkins, uh, Keith Fielding mm. on superstars. <laughs> <laughs> you know that sort of thing. But these, and again, I go back to Salford now. The same as Huddersfield with a new halfback partnership. Yeah. Now Brodie Croft looks some player. Yeah. And you put him at side of someone like Sneed, who has a really good kicking game. And allows Croft to be that the the free runner, and you've got a winning combination there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know they get it out wide to Ken Seto. He's going to score. It's four tries. He's like he's already like in Salford's top five all time Super mm. League try scores. I saw he's like fifth. He's got like forty five yeah. tries in fifty one games or something. How impressive is it? For Ken Seo to be top try scorer in Super League last year, wasn't it? Was it last year? Yeah. Playing for Salford. And that's not being disrespectful to Salford. That's just saying that you won't get as many chances mm-hmm. playing for Salford as, as you would uh, as he would for Saints or Warrington, let's say, or Catalans last season. No, but if he's their main threat, they're gonna to want to try and get it to him as much as they can as well. Yeah. But the fact that he's able to continuously do it because teams obviously know that he is the main try scoring threat, yeah, and are gonna. The, the, but the fact that they can't stop him doing it, I think, says a lot yeah, about him. Right. And the fact that he's still at Salford amazes me really because even before he was top try scorer last season, I really rated him and was thought he, he might move to another club. So yeah, Salford well, he, well, he did well with it. Hull KR, didn't he? Yeah, Salford will be um, desperate to keep hold of him. Yeah, but. Mark Sneed seems to be that, not just Mark Sneed, but he is a big, big piece to that jigsaw. Looks like he's enjoying it. Yeah. I'll tell you who else seems to have found a yard of pace again. Um, Joe Burgess. Yeah, I think he, uh, I think he put the stats out for speed, you know, top speeds just oh, yeah. around yeah. two, and he topped it with like 35.1 kilometres per hour or something. Which in, on that mud heap. Yeah. He must have been going with the wind. <laughs> yeah, he had a tailwind. Yeah, he must have been. Yeah. Like that was that that pitch and not the pitch, sorry, the condition, the storm and everything was we were lucky that game was on really. Yeah. I mean um, 
again, I've said it before, I don't really want to go over all ground. Um, there's not a lot to say about Toulouse, is there? No, I think the only question we'll ask ourselves every week is, will they win a game? Yeah. Joseph Paolo on the score sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're rolling back the years, Joe yeah. Paul. Yeah. Um, I'm fine. Good hands. Good hands. Soft hands. Yeah. <laughs> the um, final game. Um, Catalans 24, Wakefield 22. Is this, right, the, the, I mean, I asked myself, I think the the big question that I took away from this is, are Catalan as good as last season or are Wakefield exceeding expectations? Because that was a close game pretty much all the way through, I thought. And Wakefield had another, they've come out on the back of two close games, haven't they, on the yeah. wrong side of both of them. Yeah. Um. I don't think at the minute Catalans aren't flowing. No. It'll take Mitchell Pierce time to adjust to fill the boots of James Maloney. Mm-hmm. Um I think they've had a couple of players out. I don't think sometimes sometimes you know when you come so close to something like they did last year, it's not always automatic that you follow it on and you can go on better. No. Sometimes it can knock you that much that you you struggle. Mm. You struggle for a while afterwards because it's a massive hangover. Yeah. And that could be the case. That could be the case with Catalans. Yeah, definitely. Um I think if Wakefield had had better goal line defence, they would have won this game and could have won it comfortably. Yeah. Because all Catalans tries were all from ten yards and in. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they just crashed over on every single try. And I was I was disappointed for Wakefield in their uh, in their goal line efforts there. Yeah. Um and the two point difference came from an absolutely ridiculous penalty again on their goal line mm. where they just like they played the ball on the last and then just stuck their hands in and and tapped it away and that mm. gave them uh that gave them a 14 point lead. Yeah. Yeah. Um and again you talk about Joe Burgess with his pace. Tom Lynham hasn't run that fast for years. <laughs> When when the commentator said it's Tom Lynham, I was like, is it? What, the Tom? Like, the Tom Yeah, Lynham. I was like, I thought he'd got confused and said the wrong player. <laughs> I really did. He's like, he hasn't run that fast for years. No, no, he hasn't. But all in all, I think, you know, it's it's just good to have Super League back every week, in it? So. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, be interesting for Catalans this week, away at Leeds, mm. because I think that's a real, I think that's a real test. Yeah. Them. Yeah, I think if Leeds have got a couple of players back, they'll be looking to uh, bounce back from the Wigan defeat. And I think Catalans might find it tough going there. Yeah, unless they unless they show a a real improvement from what they've done against Saints and Wakefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's stats of the week. That's right, it's stat o'clock, which means <laughs> Bobby's on the phone. Bobby, how are you? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Still no microphone, I see. We were going to invite you this week, weren't we? Yeah. I had, there, mess- did you? I, I, I had a few private messages that said, no, we don't want that. So I want I want proof. Yeah, I'll show you later. I've de- right. Have you deleted them now? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Mm, how convenient. <laughs> It's always next week, Bobbles. Always next week. 
Right, what have we got this week? Uh, we have five stats. Okay. We have three from Super League. Yep. One from the Championship. Yep. And I found a, a, a little one from Australia. Ooh, even though there's no matches going on, <laughs> even though there's no matches, I did find one that was that was. Uh, I'll start. I'll start with that one anyway. Okay, start with that one. Get it. We'll get it out of the way with. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you, I don't know if you've already seen it, but the West Tigers have announced their captain today, or I should say captains, because they've named five of them <laughs> for the new season. And they're the first team to name five captains since 2012, with the other team doing this, were the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who were also coached by Michael Maguire at the time. Four, uh, four of them were all called Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> the Bunnies did manage to go to the playoffs that year for the first time since 2007. So after four years of missing out, it might be a good omen because if the Tigers do meet the do make the playoffs, it'll be the first time in eleven years. They're definitely not making no. the playoffs. If they so you're not, if they want it, are you not backing them? No. no. If they lift a wooden spoon, who lifts it up? <laughs> Doesn't set five of them to lift it up, does it? <laughs> I, must I be was like more... a captain of the captains. Like I, yeah, like top. I was cap. more cons- I was more concerned with who gets to do the captains challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do they get five in a game now? Is that why they've done it? <laughs> Take it in turns. Do they do that thing where you do that with your hands and if it lands upside down or the right way? Rock, paper, scissors? No, no. The, where you do it like that. And oh, odd, odd, odd one, one out. Wins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could do. They could mm. do. All right. Uh, okay, let's move on from five captains to what we got. Okay, so uh, we've got the Lee Centurions. Um, won away at York, 40 points to four on the weekend. It was Lee's first away win in over two years. Their last coming at Dewsbury in January of 2020. Mm. Speaking of Dewsbury, before I forget. Yeah, go on. Did you see the tweet they put out? <laughs> no. To that, I think he was Norwegian. Right. right. No, go on. This is amazing. He's like a skier or something in these Winter Olympics, okay. right? <laughs> and he's called Jews, J-O-O-S, yeah. Berry. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, you're welcome in Jews, any time. <laughs> he ain't got a clue what you're talking about, has he? No, not a clue. <laughs> Jews, Berry. <laughs> I like it. Amazing. <laughs> Go on. No, it's fine. I, that, that's more than story worthy of that. Okay, next one. Uh, so moving on. Uh, the Castleford Tigers have failed to win their first two games of the season for the first time since 2015. However, not to worry the Cast fans, as they did go on to make the semi-finals of the competition that year. Mm-hmm. As we said before, it's not the end of the world is it losing the first two games we did point that out didn't we yeah yeah we did but I'd be very surprised if this team as they are at the minute got to the semis yeah okay bet next. they said that though yeah probably yeah yeah, yeah. okay next one uh, St Helens have now won their last 12 games in a row against Hull FC in all competitions 
Hull's last win against Saints came back in 2017 when they beat them eight points to six. And yet, I always had in my mind that Hull were a bit of a bogey team for Saints, especially at Hull. Obviously not. Oh, just, it's just an impression that I always got that they have a tough time there and Hull seem to win there. Yeah, but to be fair, 18, they probably should have won it. And then they've won it three years after that. Yeah, that's like true. They've been incredible for the last three, yeah, probably true. four years. Even if in 2018, they won the league by most amount of points, didn't they? They've probably got that record against most teams. Yeah. Of only losing, yeah. say, one in 12 or something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. I think in the derby, I think, don't they, against Wigan, haven't they won the last eight or something like that? Is that what it is? I think so, yeah. So, anyway, okay, have we got one more start? Uh, we do have one more, uh, and it's a big congratulations to sticking with a Saints player, uh, Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook, as he now holds the record for the most appearances off the bench in the Super League with 198. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a stat you want, is yeah. it? <laughs> is it? Uh, I don't it doesn't know. matter too much it in doesn't rugby league, now. I suppose, though. Because it's not like look, football, is it? If you stick with the same team and you look at, say, uh, Wormsley, mm. he'll start, mm. but then he'll come off after, what, 20, 25 minutes? Mm. And then somebody else will go on. So it, does it matter whether you're playing that or the middle? Or... When it's roll on, roll off, it, I don't think it matters as much, does no. it? It's not no, like I don't think not being able to break into a starting eleven in the Premier League or something, is it? No, it's not like he's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, is it? <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Still, he's, well, I mean, he's been about. I'd be surprised if he did it any another year, but yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent servant for Super League and Saints. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think you have to look at it that that it's 198. It's, well, he's he's had more than that, hasn't he? But it'd be 198 appearances, not appearances off the bench. Obviously, he's, mm. you know, he's been part of the match. He's been part of the 17, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, excellent. So, well done, LMS. Yeah, and well done to Bobbles for yes. your stats. So thanks. Okay, uh, I'm so... one step closer to a microphone. Mm, look at that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, but you haven't gone backwards, so that's good. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> All right, Lizard. Thank you for that. Yeah, no worries, guys. Have, Have a it. good rest of the show. Will do. And uh, I look forward to doing the same thing again next week. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you very much. All See right. you next week. Okay. See you next week. Bobby's stats of the week. Now, I know we booed Bobby a little bit for uh, saying he had an Australian stat, but I believe you have a little bit of a story from uh, for us from the NRL, don't you? I do. So... You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Well, I've got two things on this, actually. Number one, they've had some friendlies this week, right? Right. <laughs> not bothered about the scores. But they're not friendlies. They're like, they get, they get people from, like, uh, Inter Rose Bridge or, like, <laughs> Hull Dockers or something, playing, for, playing against the NRL players or with the NRL players. Well, I mean, they call them trial games, don't they? And that's exactly what they are, really. 
Well, when I well when I was young and they had trialers, they were always called A and Other. Right. That's what I was on, on the team sheet, the program, and everything. Is it A and Other? Yeah. Right. He made more appearances than LMS. <laughs> Is that why you were never in a program? <laughs> a and Other. <laughs> <laughs> Mine says not him again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um uh so they they play like all these like and they were like so I watched one on I think it was Sunday Saturday morning I think it was and it was the Titans and the Broncos and the Titans were winning easy and then brought all these I don't know what they were, these like I don't know, these primary school kids and <laughs> the Broncos ended up drawing. Uh like I say, it's, but I'm not even sure. I don't know if they have squads, do they? Like you know how we have squads and squad numbers and yeah. Well, they just have a. Do they? Do they have yeah. a squad though? As in to pick from? Yeah, like yeah. you can only pick from these during the season. I don't type know. Thing. Yeah, I don't know about that because I mean, I've like you say, I've never even heard about from them. They're playing for, and you like, never will do again. No, probably not. <clears throat> like you say, they play for like Ince Rose or Haydock yeah, or something. Exactly. Well, there is another story though from from one of these um, uh, friendlies that uh, I picked up on, which I thought was was well, it's not good for the guy involved, but it's quite a, it's quite a funny story. Um, Saint George versus the Parramatta Eels, yeah, right. So um, Tyrell uh, Fuimayono, and I haven't practiced that at all, right? <laughs> uh, made a tackle on the Eels' uh, Hayes Dunster. And it was um, uh, what they call a hip drop tackle. What sort of name's that? What? Hayes Dunster. Hayes. Who calls him Hayes? H-A-Z-E. Hayes. Why would you call your kid that? Maybe he's fast and he was like in a blurred, like he's in a haze. Or maybe they were drugged up. Like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Purple maybe he was haze. a haze, man. Purple haze. Anyway, he had, so uh, Fui Maiono put mm. a tackle in on Hayes Dunster. Yeah. And it was a hip drop tackle. <clears throat> right. Which is, you can explain that one. Well, it's like where you use your hip, which is why it's called a hip drop, I think, isn't it? Or you cut, you put undue pressure on like their legs by putting like your body weight around their legs, but like from the side, right? So you put you, you're putting all your weight on their yeah, it's on their like, joints, yeah, type of thing, yeah, yeah, or like round the, which the, is, the shin type area, or yeah, which is what they call it hip drop because they usually tend to use their hips to put all their the weight right. on. So he's done that. So Fumayono has done that to Dunster, and he's uh, he's then injured his anterior, posterior, and medial ligaments in his knee. Ouch! And he's out for the full season. Mm. And Fumayono has got a five match ban. If he puts an early guilty plea in, mm. but if he contests it, it could go up to seven. Right. So that's the story. Except the other, the other bit of the story is what 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 it, what's come out is that Fumayono um, has been dating Dunster's sister for six years. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. So he's done a brother's. He's done his girlfriend's brother's knee in for the for the year, and got a got a five match ban for it. And it's, his, it's his girlfriend's brother. You won't be coming to that family barbecue. Will he's he? not coming there. In the, he's not going out for Christmas dinner. Him is he? Not at all. Tyrell, how are you? Hi, Dad. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Don't talk. Yeah. 
So that was my story. I just thought it was worth mentioning because I, I found it amusing. Yeah, it's quite but amusing. Not for Hayes Dunstan, unfortunately. No. Every ligament in your knee. Yeah. Ouch. There you go. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Well, while we're on the subject of bands, uh, let's talk about the bands or disciplinary that's going on over here because social media and British Rugby League fans in general, I think, are in... I don't, well, I think there's no other way. The uproar about the consistency and the the length of bans for certain offences. I mean, there doesn't seem to have been any consistency for years, does there? But at the moment, I really don't understand the sort of things that are going on. No. I mean, the big talking points from this week's are the Luke Gale one, who can be... F- who's looking at up to eight games for two separate incidences, even though it was the same incident. So he's got the sticking his boot out, studs up, which I haven't got an issue with. A week or two, I think, for me, um, is probably right. A week, Actually, a week is probably right. And then he is looking at another three games for trying to then pick Johnny Lomax up off the floor. <laughs> and also that incident I know you're going to say something else on, on about something else but that incident does not warrant an eight match ban no not at all not at all and the other one that's equally as ludicrous is the Daniel Levi one for oh, Huddersfield for Huddersfield who I'm not sure who it was on the floor but there's a KR player on the floor and he stood at first mark and he literally has a tug at his collar it's barely even a tug he just, the guy don't move to try anything. and get him up yeah and he's got a two match ban there is a video circulating on Twitter and social media if you haven't seen it go and watch it because it's just infuriating it's ridiculous there's no other word for it than ridiculous because he literally pulls his collar a little bit the guy doesn't move. Mm. I understand why it's an offence because they aren't physios or, you know, medical, part of the medical team or anything. You know, imagine if somebody had done that to Mossy Masai. Mm. So I understand why it's an offence, but, and maybe they have, but should the RFL be going to teams before the season says, look, you can't do this mm. because of this, 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 and this. But, That's, you know, they might have done, but it, it, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they haven't. But again, not only tell the club, tell the fans. Mm. Because we, we, we're left in the dark about it and people could be going, are going mad about it. But if they'd come out and said, we have told clubs before the season starts, do not touch a player who's down on the floor injured. People are going, well, he knows he can't do that. Mm. But I think in the heat of the moment as well. Sometimes, if you think someone's not injured, or you do that, I, I don't think that I don't think that deserves a three-match ban. I don't, think, I don't think you need to sit down for three weeks to think about what you've done. No, I mean, I mean, I showed you the, the Levy one before, yeah. didn't I? The Levi one before, and two-game ban for that. I think that's ridiculous. And I know that yeah. players, obviously, in the heat of the moment, are running on adrenaline. Yeah, 
but it needs to be if they haven't been to the clubs before and as far as we're we're aware they haven't surely a caution and a statement to the public and to clubs and everything saying look you can't do that if you do this you're going to get a ban mm. is better yep not just start throwing two three game bans out there always seems to be some sort of flavour of the month at the start of the season. Yeah. Well, this season, I'm not even sure what it is because well, they just the bands just seem to be all over the place. Whereas in the NRL last year, do you remember they had a thing about high tackles, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And they had to, they were, there was something like 13 simbinnings in the first week or sendings off or something. And yeah. and then it gradually goes down because that's, that's what they're clamping down on. But the, the style this of the year, game didn't change. I think no. the referees just let them go. Let them go. But I'm not sure what the what they're clamping down on on, no, on, this, on the start so, of the season. You are, can usually see something. Are the referees card happy at the moment or have they been told or have the clubs been told this is what the new laws are, if you like. Mm. And I don't know what the answer is. Usually you can see something that they're doing that, so whether it's offside, whether yeah. it's the play the ball, whether it's being markers being square. But there's been so many cards for so many different offences. There isn't some, There isn't an obvious one. That no, it's not up. like a, a, a specific offence. Yeah. Yeah. You always hear a different explanation about why he's been mm. binned or sent off. I mean, some of them are obvious, like the Gale one and whatnot, but like the Connor Wynn one that we mentioned, mm. uh, the James Bentley one, they were saying he had a closed fist, or there was, I think there was a reporter saying they spoke to Ganson before the season and said, players who come in with a closed fist, you know, we're asking for trouble. But tell what? us that, tell us the rules. Yeah. What doesn't help is when you fiddle about with five or six rules at the start of every single season. Surely that doesn't That doesn't help. The other thing that I have with that is our rules, we have a different set of rules to the set of rules down under. Should there not just be an international board that has, we have the same rules and we play by the same rules? Well, there are international rules as well, aren't there? Yeah, but should that not be well, surely just that, that this, that's the set of rules? Well, if you take that to football, that's like FIFA having a different rule for the World Cup than UEFA and somebody else and all that. So it's rules. Champions League and stuff, yeah. yeah. It's, it just wouldn't happen. No. Just wouldn't happen. No. So I don't know. We just need one set of rules set by an international board, I think, don't we? But in terms of this and bands, you know, the Gale and the Le- Le- Levi one are obviously the big talking points from this season. So uh, people are just getting infuriated with. I think. I think that the the length of the bands seem to be a lot bigger this year as well. So far, yeah. Well, I'd be willing to bet. This time next week, we're talking about some sort of disciplinary and some sort of controversy in the disciplinary mm. from the games this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I'd be willing, I'd be willing to, to, to put money on that, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. You just feel like there's going to be a card every tackle and it's not that enjoyable when it's like that. Yeah. You know, you just want to see open, fast, tough rugby league. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Ah, well, it's that time again where we are inviting uh, one of our super fans who's uh, with us for 2022. And I'm delighted to say on the line for this week, we've got Nathaniel, who is a Huddersfield Giants fan. Nathaniel, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. No worries. First thing we need to say, 
is you've all you're doubling up this week, aren't you? Because you've also done the predictions league, haven't you? This week, I have, yes. And you know where Yorkshire are in this league table at the minute, don't you? The Yorkshire fans. Uh, well, I knew where we were after the first week. Not sure how we did on. Um, uh, just the weekend, just gone. So well, it's not got any better. <laughs> oh, great stuff! Looking so, forward. To, yeah, so if I can grab some league places, then yeah, you've got to. You, you, it's getting a bit. Um, it's getting a bit Castleford like, isn't it, for the Yorkshire fans? Isn't it, Callum? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we need to do that. But uh, anyway, we're going to talk about. They're going to talk about the great start that the Giants have made in a minute. But um, uh, first of all, Nathaniel, we do, we've just been talking just before you come on air about. Uh, the judiciary and bans and things like that. And we, we noticed this week that, that Farge has got a one-game ban and we've also been looking at uh, the Danny Levi um, incident where he's got, was it two matches, Callum? Yeah. Uh, have you have you seen that? I have, yeah. Um, um, and what do, you, what do you make of that one? I didn't see it. Like I said, I didn't see it at the game on the Saturday. I, I totally missed it. Um, but And I get they've got to look after that. It's their player welfare. You need to look after the players, but I feel like half of the just players, especially in their own 20, like Michael Lewis, what, they're just trying to buy a penalty to get out of their own half. And I don't think he's literally picked him up. He's literally just pulled his shirt. So mm. I feel it's a bit harsh. Maybe it's me being biased. No, I obviously we, want, Danny, want Danny Levi for this week. But Yeah, um, we've said, haven't we, that, like, just that he doesn't need, we've just said on air that he doesn't need two weeks to sit down and think about it. No, not at all. No. And I think the big thing is, like, Lou Gale's been given three games for doing that to Johnny Lomax. Yeah. But Danny Levi's been given two, two for doing it to Mike. And the What's difference the two in... incidents, uh, you know. I mean, the Gale's actually gone to pick him up, so yeah. I can understand that a little bit more. But the Danny Levi one, it's, I just it, think... It's incomparable, it's, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, right. And we just said, no doubt we'll be talking about this again next week. But um, for now, Nathaniel, it's all about you. So... Just, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your, your rugby league journey? Uh, just got into playing rugby as a, as a junior with my mates. Um, I thought just something to do over the winter. Obviously, the winter months as a young teenager. Um, then started going to the Huddersfield Games when I was about 17, when I went to college. 2008 was the first season ticket. Um, like I said, just had a good time with mates, home and away, and we had a good year in 2009, and since then, obviously, having that good year of going to Wembley, etc., just hooked me ever since. And I've been going now since then, season ticket every year, home and away nearly every week. Um, yeah. They, so um, and to be fair to the Giants, I mean, we've we've said it often, haven't we, Callum, that they deserve so much better in terms of attendances and things like that, because mm. you just mentioned about a season ticket there, mate, and... The, the deal to do on season tickets are phenomenal, aren't they, compared to the rest of Super League? Yeah, it does help. And I have been critical of the club before in past years about they can do more to get people down there. But this year, they've, they've done everything they have, obviously. Living in the town, you've seen what they've done. Match day experience were better than last year. Everything they've done, they give every season ticket order, they've given free, free tickets for the first three games. Yeah. You can use them when you want. And we still didn't reach 6,000 on a Saturday afternoon. Against all KR. Yeah. Um, I know, I'm not sure how the club feel, but for me, I've, I expected a bit more than, than that. I know the conditions weren't great, it's snowing, winding, obviously the storms around, but probably expect a bit more. But hopefully, they pick up in the next two weeks, next two home games, and 
Yeah, because, people start coming down. Yeah, because the fans that do go are really are, are really passionate people at Huddersfield, aren't they? Always have been going mm. back to when I I used to go to Far Town and things like that and visit there and and you know really passionate people, really you know proper rugby league people. Well, it's a it? rugby league town, isn't Absolutely. it? And, and and like you say, they deserve more. And had the league will be better off with a a, a good Huddersfield fan base and a strong Huddersfield town uh, team as well. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, Giants for you, Nathaniel. Is that is that just because you're a Huddersfield lad? Yeah, um, like I said, I went to college with one of the lads I played rugby with and he just mentioned it, why did he get a season ticket and come down? So, like I said, 2008, first year I did and since then, I've, like I said, every year, home and away, I don't hate missing games. Um, like I said, hooked ever since. Brilliant. But yeah, because I went to college with one of the lads, he went, so he says come down, so I did and been there since. Mm. Yeah. Nathaniel, what is the biggest difference, do you think, to the start you've had this season compared to last season because obviously you got Ian Watson in last season didn't you and people I know Andy predicted just to finish second and it just sort of calmed down there yeah (laughs) it just um, didn't seem to go to plan did it so what do you think the the, the difference is this season I'm not sure in the start like we had I think we had Catalan, Hull FC and St Ellen's if I remember right in the first three games last year Mm. And there were three teams. Obviously, you had both grand finalists, and mm. you know, Hull ticked every year to do very well, and we didn't get them results right. And I think we won three on the bounce after that. And then obviously, COVID hit in the camp, and we had injuries, and season got injured for the season, and you know, Ken Edwards got that stupid ban halfway through the year and stuff. And I think that's just what derailed it. Like, so we had three games, and then COVID, and we had two week off, and. We had a week inside out at Salford, I think, at home, and we lost by a drop goal. Yeah. And they had 12 men that night. And I think after that, it was like, just, we give up on the year. And I think Watson probably focused more on this year. Yeah. Um, what's your um, what's your view and the general view of the Eldersfield fans, Nathaniel, on Ian Watson? They're all pleased to get him. Um, for me, I've, I said when we were at Salford, I thought we were the best coach in Super League. Um, not many coaches will do what he did with Salford. And, but a lot of people, from I feel in our fan base, a few of them expected instant success because of what he did at Salford. Yeah. But you have to remember that he didn't. You know, he, they just avoided relegation in his first year at Salford, and it's that he built that club up to where they are now. So people like it's going to take a bit of time for him, and we start well this year. He's got the players in. This year's his big year for me because he's got his players into the club now. Mm. Well, um, people say, like you... Farge, Danny Levi, they're the players he wanted. So, it's a big yeah. Do you think he's a big reason behind getting those kind of players? Yeah, I do with Theo Fard. I know he worked with Theo before. Um, he said that in one of his interviews. And yeah, I think people see him and the way he talks. We had a few Zoom meetings of the Sports Association with him. Mm. And it, the way he talks about the game. And I mean, he said, I always came into this year saying there's no expectations. I'll just see where we finish. Sick and tired of sick and. You know, expected to finish your playoffs and want to finish your playoffs and being let down. But every time I listen to him, he sells that we're going to win the final. Mm. <laughs> That's just the way he sells the, you, you sells want, the game to you. You want that in a coach, though, don't you? You want, you want that coach to, to like buy into the club, the community, every, the fans, everything, because it just inspires you with a bit more confidence, doesn't it? And you want to wear that from your coach rather than thinking that, oh, well, he's just here for a step up for another job or... Mm. You know, a gig in a gig back in the NRL somewhere. You know, yeah. When I thought when he first joined, he said about 
our youth system, obviously we've had Will Price that's come through and there's a few more that's coming through and he wants to get them into the first team. And also, if Huddersfield are going to be strong, we haven't got the money. To, we have, well, Ken Davies here, but we don't really want to rely on Ken Davies paying that money. So no. the more Huddersfield youth we can get into our team, will make our team, our first team stronger, I feel. Mm. And he's worked on that and he let, he let the players choose the captain this year. You know, and he's bought in, he's gone through all the past with the Huddersfield lads and sports women. That said, the players chose the captain this year and like people like Louis Yates have bought into what this club means to the fans and it's good to see this year. And like I said, there's positive vibes. Definitely. So far. Well, you mentioned Will Price there and, and you know, getting stronger and... Do you think you'll you'll go even better when Will Price comes back and slots in at fullback, which will then allow Lola here to go and partner Farge in the halves? Yes, I think he had to. I think it was isolation or something to do with COVID. Were the reason why Will didn't start the season? He said after before the Toulouse game, right? Um, so yeah, I think this week I know Theo Farge will be suspended, but I think Will will slot in at fullback and well, he'll go back to the halves with Russell. So. Um, hopefully this week we can get Will back onto the pitch and thing because he, he's the one player we have in our team that I feel that can create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And if we're down by six going into the last ten minutes, you you chuck the ball to Will and say, mm. "Do something for us." Like he's yeah. a player that will do it for us. And he's such a young age; I don't want to put too much pressure on him from a fan's point of view already because I'm sure he's got it all. But yeah, yeah, Will no doubt will be strong when Will comes in. And and how how does um... How does Theo Farge look to you? How has he settled in? And how, how difference that he, how much difference has he made to the squad? It's, for me, he's probably been the best player in the first two weeks of the season. Now, not in the the moments that people catch. Obviously, Danny Levi's had two good games, and Chris McQueen's had a lot of plaudits. But the the organisation he does around the team, we've missed that kicking game since Danny Buff left us. We struggled to find that half to lead us around the field and put that kicking game in. Every kick that Theo Farge seems to do seems to be on point wants to where he goes and we just seem to be like say, we start defending our sets away from his trial line not kicking out on the full and being 40 metres out so for me he's the best defend half-back defender in the Super League mm. I think he probably got that from St. Helens who are well drilled in defence mm. but again Hulkia pinpointed him in defence and he made every tackle you know and there's Kaelin Eckler on him I think and he's a big lad so yeah. Yeah. but yeah the organisation the experience of playing in two or three grand finals and a Challenge Cup Surely that's only going to benefit our young lads in our team because yeah. we have got a pretty young squad overall. Yeah, it's a really good point, that, yeah. Mm, definitely. Um, Nathaniel, in your mind, what would make a successful 2022 season for Huddersfield this year? In my mind, I'm happy just being away from relegation, to be honest. The last four or five years, we've been hovering around that relegation. and like Last year, we had leave. No, we knew, no disrespect to them. They didn't have the strongest side and most people knew before the season started they're probably going to get relegated. Same mm. since before, I think it was London. Everyone expected London to go down. Now they gave it a good fight. That year we got really nervous about... Do you think Toulouse are in the same position this year? I do, yeah. yeah. I think people at the bottom will be all right. Um, from what I've seen about Toulouse, I didn't feel that we got our second gear at Toulouse mm. and we're still stuck 42 points. And I think if your team's like Saints and your Warringtons and your Wiggins and your Leeds are going to turn up and put first gear on Toulouse, they could put 60, 70 points on them. Obviously, that's if they don't go out and get any new players to make their team stronger. But, yeah, going back to the Giants, if we can finish, I think they've got Saints, Catalan, Warrington and Wigan as the top four. 
I think they're the best four teams in the league and they'll cover them, play, cover them places. Everyone else is fighting for fifth, sixth in the mm. playoffs. And as long as we're giving a fight and we, you know, if we finish fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, yeah. and we miss out on playoffs, then it's a successful year because we're not going to jump from 10th to 2nd in one season. No, no, that's right. And, and I suppose it'd be nice to have a decent cup run as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, we've not had one for a while, so... You know, you get excited, don't you? The chance cut these days. You oh, think definitely. you've only got to win. You've only got to win three, four games to make Wembley, yeah. Tottenham Stadium this week, this year, obviously. But we always seem to, you know, we got excited here. We had Swinton and Cup, and we lost to them. And you know, I think last couple of years we've had tough draws, first rounds. But yeah, up for the draw can be nice to us. And like you say, we can have a good cup, and even if it's just a semi-final and gives us a bit of hope. Yeah, definitely. And just as a, as a final question, Nathaniel, before we let you go, just yep. Um, You've said about what would you know what you think would make a successful twenty twenty two. What's your? Yep. I'm going to put you on the spot now and say what's your actual prediction? What's what's going to happen to Huddersfield Giants in twenty twenty two? I'll say we'll make the last playoff spot in six. Okay. I and think, yeah, I think that's more than doable. Yeah. Well, we've said, didn't we? We Callum and I have said on the the pod that you've got that sort of third or fourth to ninth place that that could finish in any order. Mm. Since the season started, I've probably changed my mind a bit, to be honest. I had us about eight for nine because I thought, you know, your Castlefords, your Hulls and stuff, they're all going to be in and around us. But like I said, we've seen Castle a couple of times and they've yeah. not started well. I've seen us perform well for the first two weeks. And when you say for Luke Gale gets banned for eight games at the Hull, I think that could derail them massively. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, we could, there's, there's no reason from what I've seen in the first two weeks why we can't make that. Right, so you're on the so, final playoff spot so if, if we stay fit. Right, so you're going to go for sixth. What's going to yeah. happen in the Challenge Cup? We're going to win it. You're going to win the Challenge Cup. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You've got brilliant Challenge Cup winners. And then what happens in the playoffs then? Do they not win any more matches because they've still got a hangover from the challenge, winning the Challenge Cup? Most probably, yeah. We'll go with that. We won't win again after Challenge Cup. Well, for Knox, it's in May this year, isn't it? So, oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, if they we don't win another to... match, they're going to be in trouble, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll lose it first round of the oh, playoffs, right. but we won't matter when we won the Challenge but Cup. It, it won't matter. You won't be bothered then, will you? No, our season's done in May if we win the Chance Cup. It's the rest of it's all right. No, listen. <laughs> listen, Nathaniel, thank you so much for coming on. And no doubt we'll speak to you again. We'll we'll uh, give you a shout when uh, there's more big Giants news. Or, well, it'll be before they win the Challenge Cup anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll give uh, we'll give you a shout when there's more Giants news and we'll keep in touch. Um, uh, but thank you so much for coming on. You've been absolutely fantastic tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you so much, Nathaniel. We'll speak to you soon. Speak to you. Take care. Thank Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Well, you heard it here first. Huddersfield are winning the Challenge Cup. Well, I tell you what, a difference though, because when we had Louise on last week for Salford, she was a lot more cautious, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. She was. She, Louise was a lot more with. Um, well, I think you know we, we just need to build on on what we've done with you know and and to climb up the table gradually. You know, Nathaniel straight in. We're going to win the Challenge Cup. Love it. I like it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's funny though. I, the point I was making there was, isn't it funny how as fans we think mm. so much different. Mm. Yeah. No, you're right. You know, so much, so much different. But does it, like like he says though, with regards to the Challenge Cup, you only have to win four games. Yeah. So if you, so, you know, but if you get a Championship side at home in the first of those four, mm. and yeah. then it, it's easily doable. If you, you know, if you look at and a couple of other. 
teams get another big team and one of them has to go. You know, if you look at like suddenly then they get, let's say, Wakefield or something in the semi, in the quarterfinal. Yeah. All of a sudden they're in the semis. Yeah. And then really it's it's on the day it's anybody, isn't it? Exactly. So I, I do think that the Challenge Cup could be really anybody's in Super League. Yeah. Yeah. So what? No. But well done and thank you, Nathaniel. Yeah, that was excellent. Move forward podcast prediction league with six again. Makes me laugh that jingle. I know. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, um, it's prediction league time, and on the phone once again, we've got Brian from Six Again. Brian, how are you? Hi, Brian. Hi, boys. How are we? Very well, thank you. Thank you. Right. Um, just before we jump in. If anybody's listening for the first time, I'll quickly run through the point system so that we know what's happening come the end of the week. We've got seven teams represented, haven't we? Yep. Seven teams represented. There's me, you, there's Bry. There is a Yorkshire team represented by Yorkshire club fans, a Lancashire team represented by the Lancashire club fans. There's the stats team, which yep. is our, our bobbles and cast stats. Yeah. And there is the insiders which is all it's a mixture of people within the game yeah so a mixture of pros journalists yeah um yeah d- uh, different players uh, ex players coaches etc exactly okay so very quickly so two points for a correct team if you're within 10 points of your prediction that's 3 points if you're within 2 points that is 4 points and for a spot-on prediction, that is seven points. Yeah. So you want to play along at home? Feel free. And I definitely think you could do better than some of us. Well, you. Yeah, all right. Actually, well, uh, well, well, actually, right, we'll, we'll see, we'll, won't we? We'll come on to that. We'll see we? that, won't we? Brian, what's happened during round two of the Prediction League? Do we have to talk about it? Yes, we do, <laughs> Brian. Yes, we do. <laughs> I thought you might have something to say about it. Um, well, let's start with the negatives, shall we? Uh, our regular stats man, Bobby, he's been had a bad week, so we've substituted him this week for cast stats. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, top of the top of the league for last week was our very own Andy. Yeah. Wow. wow. Guess who's back? <laughs> Turned it around. <laughs> gone, gone from second bottom to third in the league. Excellent. Um, a quick run of the league. Yeah. Um, we've got Callum on the top we... with... Uh, 38 points we've got the inside of second with 36 points Andy you're third with 35 points myself and the Lancashire team are joined fourth with 30 points the stats team are now in sixth with 27 points and Yorkshire are bottom with 18 points yeah we've we've just been talking to Nathaniel about that because he's been he's doubled up tonight he's been on the pod uh Talking about giants, but he's all, he also he's also quite aware of the predicament that the Yorkshire team are in. Mm. Well, he changed his mind on one of the on one of the uh, teams. Right. Well, we'll come to that. Okay. <laughs> all right then. Um, okay, Brad, you want to go through the fixtures? Yeah. Yeah. So Thursday, there's two games. One's on Sky. It's v Catalan, and the second one is Wigan v Huddersfield. On Friday, we've got two games again, one on Sky, which is Hull KR v Castleford, and we have St. Helens v Wakefield. And then two games on Saturday. 
neither on the television that I can see, um, Hull FC v Salford and Toulouse v Warrington. Callum, did Toulouse not have that French deal with uh, like like Catalans? Do you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they do, but they're definitely not. Well, it doesn't look like on schedules or anywhere I can see that they're on on Saturday. Okay. Mm. All right. So what we got, Brian? First game. Uh, first game, we'll go game that's on Sky, uh, Leeds v Catalan. Okay. Um, I think that Leeds have still got a couple of bodies. I'm not sure if Newman's back or who's too high. I, I, I'm not sure, but Bentley's obviously still out. Uh, Catalan, I think, are just looking to carry on improving and what a back. The Wakefield win up with another one, so I'm going to say Catalan by eight. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. I think Catalans will find it tough. I've not been impressed with them so far, um, and I'm going to go Leeds by six. Okay, we have Capstar. Say that again. Sorry, this mate. week, Cats, Cats, Cats stats for the stats team have gone Catalan by fourteen. Okay. Yep. Uh, Lancashire this week, Johnny. Uh, right, we lost Bri for a second then, so I think what we'll do is we'll just run through them predictions again, shall we, Bri? Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, as we have, we have um, Castatu representing the stats team. have gone Catalan by 40. Lancashire, uh, this week, represented by uh, Wigan fan, Johnny, and has gone Catalan by eight. Yorkshire, as we know, are represented by Nathaniel this week, and have gone Leeds by four. Uh, the Insiders who are represented this week by Keith Mason, Ooh. the ex-player. Yeah. Um, Catalans by six, he said. And myself, I've gone Catalan by 12. I, I just want to beat Keith Mason now, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to. No, I'm probably not. No, I'm off to a bad start, yeah. I think, already. Yeah. Well, this is the game that Nathaniel changed his mind on. He sent me a message with the scores, and then two minutes later, he said, can I change one of them? Right. And he went from Catalan to Leeds. Okay. Mm. All right. Okay. Next game, Brian? Is Wigan v Huddersfield on Thursday night? Um, This is an interesting one because something's got to give, hasn't it? Mm. Um, And I just like the look, the way that Wigan have played. I think the pace that they've got, I think at home, I think they might just have too much of a Huddersfield. So I'm going to go Wigan by 12. Yeah, I think the same. I think that the pace they've got maybe a bit more in the pack. Uh, but I'm going to say Wigan by 14. Castats have gone Wigan by 16. Johnny, represent Lancashire, has gone Wigan by 14. Nathaniel for Yorkshire has done a Louise and gone Huddersfield by two. <laughs> oh, we should have mentioned that to him, shouldn't we, I Callum? Know, I know. That means you don't think they're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The insiders, uh, Keith Mason, has gone Wigan by 20. And myself, I was thinking the same as you, Andy, but with them losing Levi and Farge, I've gone for Wigan by 18. Mm. Oh, that's yeah, a fair good point. point. Oh, I forgot all about that one. Yeah, it's too late to change that. It's locked in. Locked in. <laughs> Just a, it might be a two-point at that one. Yeah. Okay, next one. Uh, Friday, Sky. Hull KRF Castleford. Um. This is a tough one, this. Neither of them have got off to a good start. Um, I think I read that Mamo and somebody else are out uh, for Castleford. I think Mamo was probably the best player last week for them. Um, Hulk I mean, they're both desperate for a win, but I'm going to say Hulk by eight. Yeah, similar to you, um, I think Hulk by 14. 
Castats for the Stats team has gone Castleford by six. Johnny for the Lancashire team has gone KR by four. As has Nathaniel for the Yorks team, also gone KR by four. Keith Mason for the Insiders has gone KR by six. And I'm being a little bit sneaky. I've gone Castleford by seven. Ooh. Ooh. That's the first that's a bold prediction. That's the first odd point. With prediction Only because Danny Richardson's out, so Gaz O'Brien's going to play in the halves, and he loves a drop goal at KR, doesn't he? True. Mm. True. Okay. All right, are we on to Saints, Brian? We are Saints v Wakey on Friday night. Uh, I can only see one winner in this. Mm. Uh, I think Saints will be too strong, too powerful. Wakey have done well the last couple of games, and I think they've run teams close. Um, but I think I think they'll come unstuck, and I'm going to go Saints by 28. Yeah, pretty much the same. I think I think it might be a tight affair, especially for the first 40, but I think Wakefield might just run out of steam against the... Uh, Three-peat champions, uh, so I'm going to say Saints by 24. Everyone's gone for Saints this week, boys. Castats has gone Saints by 36. Uh, Johnny representing Lancashire has gone Saints by 20. Nathaniel representing Yorks has gone Saints by 30. Keith Mason for the Insiders, Saints by 16. And myself, Saints by 22. Yeah. Okay. Standard, I think, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Saturday. Hull FC v Salford. Another tough one. Another tough one, I think, this. I know Salford have, have had a really good start and, and OKR, okay um, obviously not. I think without Luke Gale, I'm not sure Josh Reynolds can step up to the plate. He's just not impressed me at all. Um, and I think Salford will continue. I think it'll be tight, but I'm going to say Salford by four. Uh, I've gone the other way. I don't think it'll be a happy return to Hull for Mark Sneed. Um, and I've, I'm going to go with uh, Hull FC by 10. Cash stats for the stats team has gone Sulphur by 18. Ooh. Johnny for Lancashire has gone Sulphur by 10. Nathaniel for Yorkshire has gone FC by 6. Keith Mason for the inside has gone FC by 12. And I've gone sneaky again and gone sulfur by seven. Mark Sneed, drop goal, drop goal, apple all day long. (laughs) And And lastly is Toulouse v Waddington on Friday evening, Saturday evening, sorry. Right. Now, I don't think this is a tough one at all compared to some of the others. Uh, And I'll be surprised if anyone's back to lose in the the league. And I'm going to go Warrington by 38. Well, I'm about to surprise you. No, I'm not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's just going to be rampant for Warrington. I think they're going to win by 36. Everyone's gone for Warrington. Not surprising. Cast stats for the stats team, Warrington by 42. Johnny for Lancashire has gone Warrington by 30. Nathaniel for the Yorkshire team have gone Warrington by 36. Keith Mason for the Insiders, Warrington by 20. And myself, Waddington by 22. And that just about wraps it up, doesn't it? It certainly does. Can we just say uh, best wishes to Keith Mason's wife, Riona? Yes. Who's uh, been a bit ill yeah, recently. We've been following the, the story and sending uh, best wishes on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, best wishes all round. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And uh, and in all that, Keith, thank you for finding the time to uh, uh, to do our predictions for us. Yeah, definitely. So uh, thank you to to Keith, and obviously best wishes. So and thank you once again to Bry for keeping us organised on the straight and narrow of the uh, the prediction league. Yes, somehow, somehow, <laughs> <laughs> so, somehow. Well, I think that just wraps up the whole pod, doesn't it, Callum? It certainly does. Um, thank you to everybody who stayed with us and listened to this week. Thank you to Nathaniel for joining us um, for all things Huddersfield. And thank you again to Brian for doing our predictions league. Yeah, and enjoy your rugby league wherever you're going this week. Absolutely. Bye from me. It's bye from me. And bye from me.